1: Sean, we love to cover all formats here on Road of His Overtime, different leagues, dynasty leagues, baseball leagues, redraft leagues, everything that you can do from a fantasy football perspective. Something that we did this year, which was actually suggested to us, an, an actual invitation from a Road of His Overtime listener in Griffin, was to join a guillotine league. He set one up for charity. He's based in Kentucky, and it's uh, for the flood relief over there. So we'll talk about that a little bit more later in the show, the, the charity element. But Sean, I had never been in a guillotine league before. This has been a, a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I mentioned this on a few shows. We were trying to bring it up as a topic, but myself, yourself, and Ben Gretsch are co managing this team. A few people ask me, you know, am I doing the team by myself or is it me and Sean? And when I've mentioned that it's me, you, and Ben, they're like, that's quite a front office that you've uh, got going on over there. So we are in that league, which. I think there's 12 leagues of 12 teams, but we're down to the final four, which makes it very interesting because we'll talk through the strategy of it, what the league is, and then what happens with waivers and things like that, because Sean, spoiler alert for the listeners, we hit the waiver wire jackpot this week, and we'll we'll talk about that as we go through as well, but it was my first time in a a guillotine league, Sean, I believe it was also your first time in a, a guillotine league. It was, it
2: was, and you mentioned it's been a lot of fun. Fun does tend to track fairly closely with whether or not your team is doing well. And so that part has been cool for us in part because you get to keep playing right. The both the, I think that dynamism, that stress, that electric jolt that goes through you when you win or lose in most regular formats, this one is, do I stay alive? Am I still in it? Once you get chopped, then you know, once that guillotine blade comes down and you're, you're no done. longer in the lead, then you know you're no longer lead. You're done. So it's been fun to stick through. This was a team where we hit on Jamar Chase and Saquon Barkley early. And that part was a lot of fun for us. And then, and this is one of the things that I do try and emphasize to readers listeners is you want to balance a lot of different types of expertise when you're trying to build your process out for participating in any type of game there are a lot of really bright and i mean really really bright people who work in football who work in reality analytics who work in fantasy football analytics who work on the scouting side people bring different competencies to the table And you can get in these environments where people who have a lot of experience and a lot of expertise in one area will think that they have insights into another, but you're missing a key piece here or there. And as a result, you give bad information inadvertently because in some of these areas of life, as you're trying to figure out the best approach... You can have a lot of information and a lot of evidence and run, you know, various algorithms. You can do different types of things and come to a conclusion that appears to be evidence-based, but is missing a key piece of information that would be so insightful or so foundational that it changes everything. That's kind of a long way to say that experience does matter and is relevant. We talk about one of the elements with the best ball leagues is that you can get up and be good. Fairly quickly, so it's not something to ever be scared of. To not have experience, we've had listeners and writers who have won some big pots more or less right off the bat. Because if you're operating with good information and you're taking the knowledge and the recommendations from people who are experienced and have had a lot of success in something, and then distilling that and making it work with within whatever your own process is, we definitely always recommend that readers and listeners. Also lean into their own strengths you know play to your strengths you know don't try and figure out how to you know work through your weaknesses to have a good team yeah again long way around of saying that we hadn't played this before so we were excited to find out what it would be like because anytime that there is a chop element and it's not just that a team is gone every week but column those players go back into the pool and so I don't know we enjoy doing waivers for our main events we enjoy not having to do waivers for our best ball teams obviously there are strengths and weaknesses to the different formats and being able to balance those formats is one of the things that makes fantasy fun but this guillotine league has been so cool because every week the waiver wire is restocked and then the question that you have to ask yourself is what do I need to do now to stay alive? And what do I need to do to make sure I have enough budget left at the end? Because as the teams continue to get more and more powerful and the players who are pushed back into the free agent pool become bigger and bigger stars, when I mean, you need to keep taking advantage, you may think, oh, I missed out on Stephon Diggs this week, but then he's right back available again next week. How do you balance it? So you have the right team, not at midseason, but at the end, and yet stay alive. It's been such a cool journey.
1: Yes, it's been awesome. And one of the things you were touching on there, and I don't know if you were, if this was a point that you were planning to make, but when you're playing in those different formats, so if you're playing in tight end premium and you're playing in half point PPR leagues, you're playing in best you're playing in Dynasty, you'd be you're you're working all those kind of I guess neurons to to try and figure out what these players are valued at, how you should start a player. You might not start them in one format, but then you get into tight end premium and like this is and then those players become so much more valuable if they catch five passes and go for 50 yards. It's a big deal in tight end premium when you are a tight end doing that. But the format in general, Sean, the the big part of it is what you mentioned. So we start with 12 teams, you do your draft as normal, but it's a situation when week one finishes the bottom team, whoever scores the least is gone. That's their season over. They are done and dusted. And then week two, week three, week four, the same, the, the lowest scoring team goes out each week. And They go to sean i was actually surprised when i I seen this on the the website this league is run through guillotineleagues.com for people who might be looking for more information on how to play it you can check out their website again only place we've played it so sean's the only one that we can recommend but very very similar to the ffpc's overall layout of a website but when the teams are chopped they go to the graveyard so those teams are are dead and buried at that point but then you have to do the strategy the biggest part of it has been the waivers so People are on Twitter a lot now, Sean, when we're talking about how much to spend on waivers and who's available. There's a lot of conversation around, oh, that player's never going to be available in my league. Those players aren't available. There's a lot of talk around the Yahoo you know, ownership percentages or roster percentages. But in this league, Sean, and we're not going to spoil it yet who we got, but the players are cut every week. So those players who are drafted are now available and you have to decide in week one if you're going to go all in and get them or if you're going to wait through to a little bit later in the season so we have been fortunate throughout it we picked up Austin Eckler very early on we put a lot of money into him because it was like getting an, an extra first round pick at that particular point and we were a team who had Saquon Barkley who went heavy at wide receiver like you would expect and that was something that really has helped this team with his massive weeks since we picked him up at that point the other thing to note is this here league when it gets to one team and and it's all said and done i believe that's going to be after week 12 sean where everyone one team has been chopped the whole way through it is going to be a case when in about three weeks time where the 12 teams remaining out of all these leagues that i talked about then will go to another 12 team league so it will be redraft so you can't carry them players with you either which was another element of we are at a point now where we had the most budget left which was in around $300 of fab out of a thousand dollar budget but we were in a situation where we're like well we can't just you know keep saving and saving and saving so we went all in this week we have five dollars left still no spoilers as to who we were able to pick up but it has been an interesting strategy Sean to to look ahead and try and look what do other people who are left what's their fab budget what what's available and I, I think that's been fascinating and the one thing I've loved is each kind of Monday or Tuesday we're like this team's the team going to get cut and we we need these players and, and that's how we're planning ahead. So it's been it's been it's been really cool from that way. What is your thoughts on the overall strategy? And I guess pairing that then into the waiver wire in particular, because that's where the the majority of the strategy has come from.
2: Ben and I did an evergreen show on waiver strategy and tactics. I really like that one because I do pretty strongly believe that's the way to go about it. If you haven't checked that out, I encourage you to do so. I think that one of the things that you get in all waiver formats is the sense that you're going to have to pay more than you really do to get players. Now, if you have one guy you have to have, then you're going to try and figure out what you think the opponent is going to bid. And then you're going to try and actually create a little bit of a gap. So if you're wrong, you still make the acquisition, but in most cases you want to go very aggressively and get your star Or you want to go very inexpensively. And that has also played out here, even though it's a different dynamic in terms of exactly how it manifests. So you mentioned picking up Eckler. None of the three of us had done it before. It's been so fun to do it with you and Ben, because we have such good conversations. and, And the joy of just learning this together has been the best part for me. But after week one, the Eckler team gets chopped. Eckler doesn't have a good week. And there are some concerns about what he will be this year in the offense. But our thought was, if you add him to Barkley, and it looked already like Barkley is going to hit, then suddenly you have this one-two punch at running back that will carry you for a while. And the key thing here is this balance between what do you need to do to win it all? If you spend all of your money and you can't take advantage of waivers in the last month, then you're essentially going to be fielding a solid team against a team of all first-round picks as you go into the finals. The flip side of that is that that never becomes relevant if you get chopped. The nice thing was that we drafted well enough early that we were never in any risk in the first month. We had Amon Ross St. Brown. His season has been very disappointing in terms of the injury and then what happened there. But for the first month, he gave us an extra punch to go with these guys. So now we have Barkley and Eckler. We bid a little bit over 500. That ended up kind of creating that scenario where we did have a decent little margin. I think that the second place bid on him was in like the 355-ish range. So trying to figure out how it works. Maybe a bit a little bit too high, but got the guy that we wanted. And then you go through and you're trying to pick up the inexpensive players the rest of the way. And so we've been able to round out the team. We've been able to add depth at the tight end position. This year has been very tricky for the tight ends. And, you know, we didn't have Travis Kelsey. We didn't have Mark Andrews. We're thinking that if those guys get chopped, we would probably go after them. We do, perhaps not surprisingly, add Kyle Pitts at a certain point for basically nothing. Again, a way that you can try and buy low on players, in a unique format and we get to this point over the last couple of weeks where suddenly we're back into the mix of being close to the top bank again and one of the subtle things that i hadn't necessarily been thinking too much about but definitely comes into play down here toward the end is that it's not just that you want like the best other teams to get chopped so that they're not competing with you and their players go back into the mix but you also want the other teams with the most fab remaining to get chopped because it becomes irrelevant as soon as they're gone. And so that part has been interesting to track in the previous week. There were two teams that were pretty similar to us in fab. And then one of those teams got chopped, which put us in a great position going forward here. Recently we had picked up Dalvin cook to get a little bit more running back firepower. It's also fun because the, influx of good players the really strong pot you might say of guys who were just there means that we were able to pick up tony pollard for nothing late in the week and slide him into the lineup as our injury situation got worse so obviously jamar chase is not going to factor in anymore before the redraft at the very least you're able to get rid of him mike williams not going to factor in anymore before the redraft able to get rid of him and then slide tony pollard's game in I and mean, this is almost a little bit more not really like a dfs lineup but it's it's fun to have a team where unlike the ones that we draft for other formats where we're able to have two strong running backs and then two additional strong running backs in the flex positions i just like to do things that are different as well this has been a cool experience and then because of our wide receiver injuries that led us into
1: Yeah. So I'm just looking back, Sean, at the original draft. So out of the players that we have drafted, we have now removed Jamar Chase due to the injury. So currently we have Saquon Barkley and Amon Ross St. Brian, I, I believe from our original, or I think, no, we have actually cut Gerald Everett as well. So our quarterbacks to start off were Trey Lance and Matt Ryan. So obviously we get Trey Lance's unfortunate injury early in the season looking through and this is where the the churning of the waiver wire is important we time some of these sean looking back in hindsight we time some of these pretty well we get carson wentz at that point he has a couple of good games then we move on to trevor lawrence who had his probably two best games of the season at that point we added hawkinson for one dollar he had his big game that week but then moving through some of the ones you mentioned kyle pitts then we move into like travis Etienne was somebody we added a couple of weeks back for one dollar so sean one of the things i've learned from playing with sean is a lot of one dollar bids they're most of the time are never going to happen but there's going to be them weeks where where things fall through and somebody else isn't putting in that bid because they think it's going to be so high and then all of a sudden you get a player for a bargain and one of them sean did happen this week so to give an idea of what our current lineup is heading into last week we had a starting lineup of Tua, saquon barkley travis etienne amon ross st brown brandon ayuk and here, Sean, is where it might surprise people. This is the exact same starting setup as the FFPC. So it's two flex, one tight end. Sean, we had four running backs starting last week. We had Dalvin Cook, we had Tony Pollard, and then we had Pat Fairmuth at tight end. So we actually had Kyle Pitts on our bench last week, which would have even enhance our score. But the lowest scoring player last week was Amon Ross St. Brown. Sorry, the lowest scoring was Pat Fairmouth 9.7. We had Amon Ra at 13.9, and then Saquon Barkley at 15.2. But you mentioned Tony Pollard, 33 points. Dalvin Cook, 25 points. We had Travis Etienne, 25 points as well. But that leads us into what transpired this week. So the team was in a delicate situation. Austin Eckler was on a bye last week. He is now back. We had Debo Samuel, who was injured, now on a bye. Then we had Jamar Chase, who was injured. So the moves that were made this week, Sean, the team that got cut, had stefan diggs justin jefferson and cd lamb they also had alvin kamara we were trying to decide what would we do in this situation and we pretty much spent all our waiver wire budget barring five dollars and because we can see what other teams had available and they were in the kind of 30 to 35 dollars left where we were in the the 200 range we put in the bids and kind of said let's see what happens hopefully we get two of those guys sean how many of those guys did we get this week
2: Well, we're pretty excited because we do get three. We get Diggs, Jefferson, and then Liam, who is on a buy, And so that's one of the reasons why he was virtually free because you have to get through this week. But there was one team who had a little bit more money than we had than two teams who barely had any. And so you're trying to figure out how to make sure that other team doesn't get more or less the top two guys. Now, this team, a little bit stronger at wide receiver. That's one of the reasons why we ended up in the spot that we're in. It is going to be a situation where now we are not as involved the last couple of weeks, but with six to seven of the top 15 to 18 players in terms of overall value, that should be okay. Now we may be the slight underdog in the final week, but again, I think it's not just that they're the six or seven of the top 15, but the players who are toward the top, right? You have Austin Eckler, you have Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs. These might be all of the top players as you go and do the redraft. Even Travis Etienne pulling up in there. The tactics as you're looking at waivers, it's just, it's such a fun puzzle. So I would encourage listeners to get in there. One little quick note that no one cares about, but I do have to mention that it was a a fast slow draft, if that makes sense. So the original Matt Ryan pick was a an auto pick that wasn't. Yeah, a, and, a, and one one other
1: note that I want to add here to, to clear my name for any future references, there was a an email that came in that seemed to say that because of the time difference that I may have made that pick. I, I just want to clear my name. It it wasn't wasn't me that made that pick. It was an auto draft. Auto pick. Yeah. So
2: doesn't sound like Sean believes me, but it was not okay. <laughs> <laughs> column no longer wanting to attach his name to Matt Ryan, which we can all understand. But the other really cool element about this, as you mentioned in the intro column, is the charity element. It was a lot of fun to be able to do it with one of the listeners who also frequently participates in our listener leagues, We really appreciate what Griffin is doing for his community. He brought together a lot of big names in the fantasy industry to do this. We would love if anyone who is looking for a way, and obviously this isn't the only natural disaster that has happened over the last several months in the U S or around the world. And so we know a lot of listeners will have already donated in a variety of ways, and it may not make sense for you. There's definitely no pressure, but if you are looking for something to do and to help people who love and are very invested in the same activity the same hobby the same fun game as you are this will be a possibility yeah and uh, i will be adding the link to that in the show notes if you want to find out more
1: or if you want to be able to donate to that it is for the flood relief in kentucky but sean we're always looking at the development of how fantasy football develops in general the community is always fantastic but you know we talked previously with people like scott fish when he was on the show about Superflex and how the scott fish ball kind of helped popular popularize that a little bit then it also helped popularize the charity element and that's something that i've noticed come into a lot more leagues over the last kind of i guess i would say two to three years probably but a lot of leagues now have that charity element and you mentioned the people who were involved in this we were lucky enough uh, we were paired up with peter overset was one of the competitors and with us in our division but phil yates was in it you know he, he did uh, i think stefan uh stefan of espn didn't make the cut this past week but there was uh, so many big names and it made it a lot of fun so anytime you can get involved in those and i have to say some of the the most fun i've had this year sean is in those charity leagues there's a, a kind of a european version of the, the Scott Fish bowl that has been set up over the last couple of years but favorite part of that this year sean and i don't know if other people read the the rules as closely as i did but you can start zero running backs in this league and uh, that has helped me quite a bit over the, the last couple of weeks so that that was a fun element but the, again all the different scoring settings that can be implemented in these formats but this particular was a, a guillotine league that we talked about today so hopefully it's uh, something that people are are interested in and sean my question to you and anyone that has cut in touch over the last week since i mentioned this the question that they are the way they put it to me every time is like this is some of them it was their first as well and they're like i'm going to do more of these next year and i i have to say i think these were were super fun i think i would be definitely diving in for a couple more in 2023 yeah more fantasy football all the time and uh, again anything sean you said earlier when the, you know when you're winning it makes the enjoyment better but anytime you're you're winning you're probably going to want to dip your toes in a little bit further and, and see what you can do but yeah I've, I've i've loved being involved in this and anytime we get a, a team with you and ben it's it's always a fun experience so yeah pretty pretty cool anything that we didn't touch on sean related to the league that you have you know that we we can add in or are you, i think we've we've covered a lot of it though
2: just such a, a fun environment a fun mental puzzle We made it through, like you said, if we had gotten chopped a little bit different experience, but to be able to do something like this, that is unique, that is new for us to be able to do it together, to be able to do it for charity, to be able to do it with a listener. Again, just really appreciate those elements. And I mean, you think about the teams that are now emerging and how awesome week eight was from a fantasy perspective. That was one of the themes just immediately Sunday night when you and I did the recap, we talked a lot about that. That was the main theme for the first show of stealing bananas this week. Gratitude for being able to be involved in fantasy football. And for weeks like this, they don't. You, you called it. A, I think you said it was an, an all time
1: week. I think you said it. Was, I don't know if you said it was the the greatest of all time, but you definitely had high praise for week
2: eight. Yeah. I mean, it was fantastic. It was so much fun. And I mean, that's within the context of, of we've had some week 17, some week 16, depending on you know what you're talking about where, I mean, there were some, some high weeks. And so for this to be better than that, and just it was such a cool development and such a breath of fresh air for what the environment has been this year. But beyond the one week element, I think gratitude for the entire project and It's tricky because when you have some of these charity leagues where the real world side of it, what you're raising money for is so serious, it puts in perspective what you're doing with fantasy. But I always also want to emphasize that having fun and having community, hobbies that you can get into and be engaged with. Those are important things in modern life. And you think about the difficulties. I mean, there are so many things that are so fantastic about being alive now. We're essentially richer than people have ever been. Your you know, normal run-of-the-mill average type of person is richer than kings from the past. You have life expectancies that are almost always getting longer. I mean, there have some, been some unfortunate things that have happened in the last you know, five to 10 years to where in certain places, life expectancy is actually going down. Those are things that as a community, as a society, we need to address because that should definitely not be happening in the 2020s. But big picture things are still positive. Violence is plummeting over the long scale. There's so many things you can go out there and read. Our media tends to focus on things that are really negative. And then social media has a way of amplifying a lot of the things that are negative. There are some huge positives to it as well. It would be remiss not to mention those. But despite how awesome life is now, there are a lot of challenges and there are is a reason that there is a lot of angst and there is a lot of sadness as people try and navigate the difficulties of living in our modern world. Having a sense of purpose is very important, but also a sense of fun. And so it's, it's crucial to let yourself be engaged with your activities to derive enjoyment from them and to feel like they matter and it's okay for them to matter. And so you know, we want to see the big picture and help take care of our world. Do those types of things. And yet at the same time, when cool things happen in fantasy football, we shouldn't look at them as, oh, that's, you know, it's just fantasy sports. It's something that you're spending a key part of your life with because it's fun. And you should love that. And so for there to be cool things about this last weekend, I, I, I love that part of it and I'm grateful for it and grateful for the overtime audience. And, Hopefully hopefully you had a good week, and if you didn't, then there are going to be some cool weeks upcoming. That's the yeah, way fantasy ho- football works.
1: Yeah, hopefully week nine. I'm hoping, Sean, that it's kind of that thing of like, you know, the, the lid has been taken off the bottle at this point. Week eight was the break in the ceiling. Now we're just going to have fantasy points and t- points scored week nine, week 10, week 11. So we'll see what happens this week, but I'm looking forward to week nine with a lot of optimism. You mentioned too, Sean, the, you know, the life expectancy a little story to finish the show off i guess on a a lighter note is uh, i was cooking lunch today for my daughter and i can't remember how i got to this point of the conversation but she said that uh the food was going to take one million years to cook so i said in one million years and it started off that i was saying will you read the label and tell me how long this has to be in the oven so she said one million years and i was like that there is going to take uh that's probably not going to be the right amount of time that we need i was like we're all going to be dead in one million years and then all of a sudden i could see in her face she was like we're all going to be dead in one million years and i was like yeah and i was trying to explain to her like count to 10 on your hands and then 10 10s is 100 10 100s is 1000 i was starting to, be- and then by the time i got to 1000 she was like on to something else but there was a portion of her where, like the shock on her face and the sadness that we we weren't going to be here in one million years time but sean you mentioned that uh you know Life expectancy in modern medicine sometimes like these are these are increasing rapidly. So who knows? Maybe by the time maybe by the time are forties or fifties, they'll have something developed that lets you live for one million years. But I was trying to like, explain that that's probably like you know the length of time those dinosaurs were around. But my history isn't good, so that's probably way out of scale. Somebody can let me know that as well. But this was a, a fun one, Sean. A little bit different than our normal shows, but I really enjoyed going through it i want to give a shout out again to griff for setting this up maybe next year something that we have to do is have a, a listener league as a guillotine league but i will add again that link in the show notes for people interested in looking up and possibly donating to that cause my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host as always is sean siegel you can check out all of his work up on rotoviz.com sean just before this had finished up recording another episode of stadium bananas with ben gretz so i would highly recommend checking that out if you haven't done so already but until we are back with the recap show for week nine hopefully talking about lots of positive fantasy scoring and, and wins for your fantasy football teams best of luck this week and week nine and until we are back then have a good one